This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. First a gasp, then a goal. Peloton's opener against Australia saw Lioness fans around the country react in the same ecstatic way. And now, for the first time in history, England are going to the Women's World Cup final. Erupted. It was just but I think obviously when they scored, everyone just sort of jumps up. And if you've got a drink in your hand, you're just frying it around pepper. So yeah, but it's brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. I was actually ecstatic when the full-time whistle went. It's like the click of reality. Like we're through to a World Cup final, and oh, I'm buzzing. A 3-1 victory over the host country in Sydney itself has sent the team into Sunday's decider where they will face Spain. And it is not going to be easy. The standard Simon Collins is in Australia where he's been covering the tournament throughout and he's with me now. Simon, so what's it like over there right now? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a bit... um... Yeah, the mood is is a little flat among the the Australian <laughs> journalists and the fans here, as you can imagine. I think they've been building up to this for a few days. The front pages, back page newspapers, been literally everywhere. Um, but the, the the English back out here, obviously, delighted. And I think also for the Australians, when the sort of dust settles over the next few days, they're going to see it as a positive. Like they have massively, you know, changed the way women's football is viewed here. The viewing figures have been absolutely incredible, and they've lost to an England team who I think have shown are one of the best teams in the world, if not the best, and we'll find out on Sunday if they are. So I think when it settles after a few days, they'll feel a bit better. But right now, as you can imagine, the Australians are a little disappointed after that. Is this England team the best in the world, Simon? There has been, up until today, a lot of criticism over how they've played, how they were going to do. People were thinking Australia was going to beat them. They've defied all the odds, though. Yeah, and they've, and they've changed a lot in their style from what we saw at the Euros. I mean, the Euros was... I mean, it was an amazing summer, wasn't it? Where, you know, backheeled goals and 4-0, 8-0 wins. And, and this team, is, England, they've sort of evolved into a much more functional, disciplined, direct team. And they, they play now, I think, with more sort of tournament know-how and experience. Like you sort of those great winning teams do. They just find a way to dig in. And against Spain, who are probably one of the most attractive football teams to watch in the world in terms of the way that they get the ball down and play, it will be a real contrasting in styles but I think England will fancy their chance in that because of their mentality and that has been a big thing in in this World Cup that all the players have spoken about whenever you've spoken to the mix zone they've been so strong about this, the, the togetherness of this group and the way they come together and I think we saw that against Australia Watching it here when that first goal went in it was almost like a massive 
release of of stress mm. because Australia are a great team, a genuinely great team, and it was just there's a potential we could win this. Did it did it feel like that over there? Bearing in mind that you're surrounded by an awful lot of Australians. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I always felt before the game the first goal was going to be massive, um, simply because of the way this sort of crowd was, you know, there waiting to be swept away with the team. They were sort of begging for Australia to to take the game, and England getting that goal certainly took a bit of the a bit a bit of the noise out of Stadium Australia. And we saw the reaction when Kerr scored that goal, how the place lifted, and there was that little period where England were rocking. So I think having that first goal was absolutely vital, and yeah. It, it did surprise me though. There was quite a few more England fans than I thought there'd be. There these little pockets popping up every now and then, and you could see the little clusters going crazy. Um, so I think that will bode well for for Sunday in Sydney because there's I think there's a fair few expats or fans who've come over who are going to cheer the lionesses on. And a lot of people have been talking about Lauren James and how she was suspended, so couldn't play in this. I felt a little bit like Ella Toon had a point to prove here, and and very much did it. Yeah, I mean she's had a, she's had a tough tournament, Ella Toon. I mean people forget because of how brilliant Lauren James was that Toon, you know, started that opening game against Haiti and the shirt was hers and she lost it. Um, and she came back into the side and we actually spoke to her in the in the mix zone after her and she was saying, I, I, I cannot remember ever hitting a football that, that sweet. Um, and we were in the press box, we were right behind it. So we had that angle of seeing the swerve on it. And for her, I think she's, I feel like she's putting a performance that will mean she keeps her place on Sunday. I don't know how you can drop her after that, but what a bonus for England to have. You know, when Lauren James had that stamp, we thought our World Cup was over and now we're in the position where they're in the final and they've got the luxury of saying, oh, you know, maybe we'll have Lauren James on the bench and bring her off for the last 30 minutes. That would be an incredible turnaround. Do you really think that might happen? I could see, I mean, I could see Serena sticking with with Ella Toon. Um, you know, she's notoriously a manager who doesn't like making changes. She likes sticking with with the team. And I think now when you've had this, a result like this and you know, the Columbia game as well, there were sort of building blocks. Um, I think the argument for sticking with what you have and having James as that impact player off the bench, I mean, she's a brilliant player. And if you... If you think against the Spain team, it might be tiring. You know, they're going to have a full tournament in their legs. Lauren James has had two games rest and she's coming into this in the last 30 minutes. I could see the argument for, for going with that. Let's talk about Spain itself because Sunday, this is going to be the big opponent. How good are Spain? What is the challenge that faces England? I mean, Spain are they're a very good side. And, and their story is quite an interesting one. It's something I wrote about in the paper today because, you know, in September of last year, they had 15 players who wrote to the federation and said they're no longer wanting to be selected for the national team. And the, the, the citing and the thing they're referencing was, you know, unhappy with the setup of the national team. There were issues with the coach and the federation stuck by Jorge Vilda. Uh, he kept his job. And of those 15 players, only three have come back in to this squad. And somehow with all this disharmony, with these issues, they have found a way to make the World Cup final. And that is largely because these players are so, so good, you know. The majority of them play for Barcelona, who just won the Champions League. And it is for them, you know, we talk about the Lionesses being a golden generation. This really is Spain's golden generation. Like Players like Bon Mati, Pateas are world-beating players. And for England, this is close to the one team I wouldn't want them to have in a World Cup final, just because of how good Spain are. And anyone who remembers the Euros, that quarterfinal was on a knife edge until England snuck past it. Let's go to the ads. If you hit the follow button on your podcast provider, you'll get the latest news, analysis and opinion from the leader every day on the day at 4pm. So do that now. We'll see you after these. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So they've got this couple of days, uh, theoretically, to rest. But what are the, what is England going to be doing as they prepare to face Spain? I mean, Wiegmann, during the Euro, she kept her sort of schedule and structure very, very organised and stayed the same. And then England will do the same. They'll have a recovery day on Thursday uh, over at their base, and then they'll train Friday, Saturday, and be into be into the final. And they'll they'll keep it the same. They will always. That is the way Vigman likes to do it. You know, they normally have their sessions in the morning, in the afternoon. They get about an hour for family time and then they do some media in the evening. So it's been that way all tournament. And Serena isn't someone who's suddenly going to rip up the playbook and be it's a final, let's do something different. She'll want to keep it the same. And England have really enjoyed their base outside Sydney. It's a lovely place. It's sort of an hour north of there, secluded by the beach. And as much as everyone back home, I know, is going to be going crazy and the pressure is going to be ramping up. I think that's quite a good spot to try and keep you cool. Simon, I know that you're terribly professional. You've been working very hard over in Australia (laughs) and hitting all those deadlines that have been sent across to you. But has it been an enjoyable World Cup as a football fan? For me, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, And I've been lucky with the things I've covered, you know, for the standard. Obviously, was was at the Euros last summer, the Qatar World Cup for that incredible final between France and Argentina. But the, the nicest thing with this tournament it's been the difference from when I arrived about a month ago in Australia to where I am now. And to be honest, when you first got here, you could sort of get a sense of the World Cup was taking place, but it wasn't the way it is now. And the way everyone has bought into it has been absolutely brilliant. And I think it has you know, changed and it will have a lasting legacy, even though they haven't won this World Cup. I think Australia have really changed what people think about women's football. And seeing that from when you kept, when I arrived here and when I leave in, in a week's time is, is amazing. And, um, yeah, it's been a, a brilliant tournament. Yeah, just make sure you do leave, Simon. You can't stay there forever. <laughs> All right. I must admit, the, dead, the dead deadlines are slightly nicer over here with the time difference. So I might have to make the arguments to the desk. I'll just stay. In, I'll stay. In, I'll stay in Sydney for a bit longer if you want. <laughs> I'm sure. You, I'm sure you'll win that one. But the you know the England women's team has made the World Cup final for the first time in its history. But looking ahead, right? Can they go one better than the men's team who made it? In 1966, won the World Cup final. Can the England women's team do that this year and then do it again? Is it that good? I mean, I feel like there's some of this generation of players who are the likes of Lucy Bronze. You maybe feel like this is their sort of moment. And this, if they won the World Cup, you wonder what they would do next. But there is there is talent coming through. I mean, look at someone like Lauren James, you know, 21 years old, gives you hope for the future. And there's also players missing here. You know, Leah Williamson's in her mid-20s, Beth Mead in her mid-20s. These are players who England would have had and the team would have been even better. So there is talent for them there to have this success going on a long time. And I imagine if if England do win the World Cup, everyone will be asking about Serena Vigman, not only about what honours is she going to get, 
But also, what's she going to do? She's got a contract until after the Euros. But do you wonder with her, you know, she's won the Euros, won the World Cup. Do you leave on a high? Do you keep going? Um, I mean, all of us in the media would like her to keep going because she's doing a brilliant job. But that would be an interesting dynamic. But there is um, there is a production line of talent for England that, that should make people think this can be a, a good period of success. Regardless of what happens, these women are coming home as heroes, aren't they? Yeah, and I, and I think, again, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me being sat here in Australia, but um, I know speaking to my wife and you know members of my family, they're absolutely glued to this again. And that is done because of how good the team is. And if the team's overform, you know, we talk about legacy and changing perceptions. If the team aren't good enough, you don't get eyeballs on the screen. And this this squad has routinely done it. You know, this was a third World Cup semi-final in a row. And I'm just glad they got over the line. And I said after the Columbia game to a few journalists here, I said, look, I think England are going to do this now. And um, a few people gave me a few raised eyebrows, but I think they're coming round to my way of thinking. And that's the leader. You can read Simon's analysis and keep up to date with everything that's happening in the Women's World Cup at standard.co.uk. The leader is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.